0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, May 14th, 2018. I'm Caleb Brown. The farm bill is an object lesson in expensive log rolling. According to the Cato Institute's Chris Edwards, urban members of Congress are on board for the food stamps and rural members are on board for the farm subsidies. Edwards says it's time to get rid of most of it. We spoke last week. Give us a sense of just how large uh, of an amalgamation the farm bill has become.
1: Well, Congress considers a new farm bill every five years or so, and 2018, Uh, is the year that Congress is going to be addressing farm policy. The last big farm bill was passed in 2014. So while this big piece of legislation is called the Farm Bill, it actually is a gigantic uh, bill, about $800 billion over 10 years, that includes farm subsidies, dozens of different farm programs, as well as the food stamp program, which is a $70 billion a year spending program. The basic idea here is log rolling, that if you had a standalone farm subsidy bill, well, farm state legislators would vote for it, but urban legislators would not. If you had a standalone food stamp program, the urban uh, Democrats would vote for it, but nobody else. So the idea here was to join together food stamps and farm subsidies in a big giant omnibus bill, and that way you can get majority support in Congress.
0: So what have we learned from the most recent Farm Bill?
1: So back in 1996, the Republicans had recently taken over uh, Congress for the first time in uh, 40 years, and they passed a landmark reform bill, the 1996 Freedom to Farm Act. It moved toward free markets. It appeared that Republicans were going to finally at least reduce and maybe eliminate farm subsidies. It passed. Then almost as soon as the ink was dry on that legislation, Congress reversed course and started passing uh, big spending farm subsidy bills. And every farm subsidy bill since then... Uh, They've added more programs and more spending. George W. Bush vetoed uh, one of uh, the farm bills under him, but Congress overrode his veto. So the last farm bill, 2014, uh, Congress added two new programs. Uh, They've cost more than Congress uh, projected. Uh, so now we're in 2018, and you would have thought that Congress, if if there's any fiscal conservatives there, they would have reassessed, they would have uh, reassessed these programs and cut back the cost uh, going forward. But they haven't done that. Uh, in the wake of the big omnibus spending bill that hiked federal spending uh, thirteen percent, which was passed just a few months ago. Uh, Republicans are in the doghouse with their own fiscal conservative voters. Uh, deficits are rising. You would have thought Republicans would want to signal to their voters that they are fiscal conservatives. They want to do something about the deficit. With the new farm bill, they are not. The House is teeing up to pass a big spending, nine hundred billion dollar farm bill. That's nine hundred billion dollars over eight years, uh, with virtually no reforms. Uh, it's pretty. It's a re- pretty remarkable show from Republicans in Congress.
0: All right. So, is there any appetite for separating the farm bill into these discrete pieces of legislation that you talk about? Said so there's, there's no real reason why uh, food stamps ought to be included in this bill or some other programs.
1: So the last during the debate over the last farm bill in 2014, House Republicans did try to separate out uh, food stamps from farm subsidies and vote on them separately, uh, because this is widely understood by fiscal conservatives to be one of the big problems. Uh, But they were unsuccessful. In the end, the leadership, Republican leadership, just amalgamated the the food stamps and and farm subsidies again and and passed that bill. Uh, I haven't heard too much discussion about it this time, although the debate on the farm bill is just starting now. The House is teeing up in the next uh, week or two uh, to bring the farm bill to the floor. Uh, again, it's a, it's a giant bill. There, is a, there are a few reforms on the food stamp side. Republicans are trying to put work requirements in for food stamps. Uh, but they don't cut spending on food stamps. They just want to put in the work requirements. Uh, and on the farm subsidy side, uh, they've got uh, virtually no reforms. In fact, I don't think there's any reforms on the farm subsidy side. All right.
0: So with respect to uh, food stamps specifically, how has that program changed over time?
1: Well, food stamps have just grown bigger and bigger. In rough numbers, food stamps started out uh, to be a $20 billion program uh, in George W. Bush's first term. It doubled under him to $40 billion a year. Then it doubled again under Obama to $80 billion a year. In recent years, the cost has come down a little bit because the economy's been growing now for nine years, but the cost should have fallen dramatically. Uh, for the food stamp program because we, you know, the economy is growing. People shouldn't be, people are working. The unemployment rate is 3.9 percent. People shouldn't be taking food stamps at this uh, point in the economic cycle, uh, but they are. So there should be big reforms in the food stamp program. Something that I've uh, complained about and it strikes me ought to be a, bi- a point of bipartisan reform uh, is that about 15 billion out of the 70 billion we spend each year on food stamps is for junk food. The USDA, Department of Agriculture did a study uh, last year that revealed that number for the first time. There's about $15 billion of food stamp money spent on, you know, colas and and junk food, uh, basically. So, you know, frankly, it strikes me as kind of ridiculous that, uh, you know, I'd get rid of the whole program. But it strikes me as at least a reasonable compromise that fiscal conservatives and health advocates could get around would be to at least cut out the $15 billion spent on junk food.
0: Federal spending on food stamps has been in decline since 2013, hasn't it?
1: Yeah food stamp spending has uh, declined a little bit from about 80 billion to about 70 billion. Uh, in recent years because the economy is growing strongly. But I mean, you know, $70 billion is a huge amount of money to be handing out uh, to people um, It's when the, when the unemployment rate is only 3.9% and the economy uh, has been growing strongly. We shouldn't have such a big program that hands out so much money uh, uh, like food stamps.
0: How many people who are, I mean, the unemployment rate is low, but I mean, some of those people are not in the not seeking work.
1: That's right. They, I mean, so the Republicans in, in in the House Farm Bill, they want to put work requirements in uh, for the food stamp program, which you know is it sounds like a reasonable reform. Except if you look at the fine print, the Republicans would only save about a billion dollars a year by putting in this work requirement for food stamps, but they want to add a billion dollars of new. A bureaucracy in the Department of Agriculture that would uh, help people with job training programs. So they want to save a billion dollars to take a few people off food stamps and get them into job training programs, but they want to spend an extra billion on the job training program. So ultimately, taxpayers wouldn't save any money. Um, where do farm subsidies go? Well, one of the longstanding problems with farm subsidies is, uh, you know, I'm not in favor of the federal government running subsidy programs uh, for anyone, really. But farm subsidies is is a remarkable program because the vast majority of the subsidies go to uh, very high-earning, well-heeled uh, households. The average income of farm households in the United States in 2016 was 118000 a year. That's 42% higher than the average income of all U.S. households of $83,000 a year so that's all so all farm households taken as a whole have much higher incomes than other u s households, but it 's even worse than that because farm subsidies are concentrated in the biggest and most wealthy uh, farms, so for example, sixty percent of federal farm subsidies go to the ten percent biggest wealthiest farms, sixty percent to the top ten percent it 's kind of uh, remarkable, and these are not these are not uh, uh, beef cattle farmers they're not fruit and vegetable farmers. All Almost all the money goes to farmers of crops, wheat, soybean, corn, uh, and those sorts of uh, things. So there is a very high concentration of subsidies to the largest and wealthiest of farms, and that concentration has got worse over time. So farm subsidies is sort of a gigantic reverse Robin Hood program you take from average taxpayers. You give to some of the wealthiest farmers and landowners in the country.
0: Now, uh, during the Great Depression, there were – federal programs to help uh, uh, price support programs that, ha- that continued for uh, many decades. What does that look like today?
1: Right the federal food subsidy started in the 1930s in the 1933 uh, there's a big agriculture act and and the basic idea was to uh, that uh, the crop prices were too low so the government would help farmers by buying off uh, excess crops to push up the price but the problem with that is the government comes in and gives a price guarantee to farmers it induces farmers to produce more because the government's going to buy up the excess crop so you've had this tension in the, f- the farm programs uh, ever since. The, the, the more subsidies the government gives to farmers, the more they produce, the more acreage they, they want to plant. And so the more uh, more uh, crop production there is, and that tends to push down uh, prices. So, you know, farm subsidies have, have uh, never really made sense like that. Uh, people People feel sorry for farmers, I guess, because, you know, crop prices rise and fall. But when you think about many other industries, uh, many other industries, uh, the, the price for their products rises and fall. Think about the high tech industry; very competitive. You know, prices are all, are constantly dropping, which forces uh, companies to keep on their toes think about the oil drilling industry, think about the minerals industry. Prices fluctuate a lot, and yet we don't subsidize those industries. For some reason, uh, the federal government has always felt sorry about farmers, that they face some business risks, and so we have this massive subsidy blanket for them. I don't think it makes any sense.
0: So why do you argue that farmers would thrive if we got rid of farm subsidies?
1: Well, ultimately, the beneficiaries of, of farm subsidies are actually landowners, because economists use this fancy phrase of capitalization, that all these this long stream of subsidies we give to farmers actually ends up benefiting the people who own the land. Only about 50% of U.S. farmers are actually landowners. The others are tenant farmers. So this stream of subsidies gets capitalized in value of land. In other words, cropland in America has an inflated price. So if you're a young farmer trying to get into the business, uh, you you essentially don't get the benefit of the subsidies because you've paid more uh, than you should in, uh, in, in a market economy for the land. And so you pay this excess cost of land, you maybe went into debt more than you had to, uh, then the subsidies basically... Uh, offset that extra cost you paid. So the beneficiaries of farm subsidies are mainly landowners. And that's why, you know, some of the wealthiest Americans over time, like Ted Turner, the former CNN uh, owner, uh, was a recipient of farm subsidies, essentially, because he owned uh, so much cropland. In this 2018 Farm Bill, I think Republicans uh, and Democrats hopefully can get together, at least make some modest reforms to farm programs, to cut out the millionaire farmers getting the subsidies, to reduce the cost for taxpayers to some extent. In the long run, I think we ought to repeal all farm subsidies. I don't think farming is any more risky than many other industries uh, in America. Uh, Like the high tech industry, or or even uh, you know restaurants in your neighborhood have a high bankruptcy rate, so we don't subsidize them. So we ought to repeal farm subsidies in the long run. Uh, There are a few countries around the world that have repealed farm subsidies, and they're doing very well. Back in the 1980s, New Zealand uh, uh, they were running into budget trouble, and in one bold stroke, they repealed all the farm subsidies back in 1984. And initially, the farmers protested. They marched in the streets. They complained, Uh, but. uh, and, and there was a few years of adjustment. It was tough for a few years, but New Zealand farmers adjusted. That they, they diversified their land use. They planted different crops. Um, They they saved more money when crop prices were high so they could cover losses when prices were low. And in the end, New Zealand farmers have thrived without subsidies. So I think if we repealed subsidies uh, for farmers here in America, uh, there would be some adjustment in the short run. But in the long run, I think farmers would be better off uh, without being so dependent on Washington.
0: Chris Edwards directs tax policy studies at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.